City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. You are listening to the Hornets and Heartbreak podcast on the All Hornets Podcast Network. One podcast feed with multiple shows, making sure we cover the Charlotte Hornets from every angle. If you like what you hear, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. The All Hornets Podcast is affiliated with the Fans First Sports Podcast Group. On today's show, we break down the two massive trades uh, today by the Charlotte Hornets. Big news, um, exciting news. We also talk about Brandon Miller's uh, recent success and how the future is bright for the Hornets moving forward. Let's go. Hello and welcome to the Hornets and Heartbreak podcast. My name is Mark Bernacki and I'm here with my co-host, Tim Rogers. What's up, Tim? What'd it do, Liquor Mark? I'm doing pretty well, man. The Hornets finally traded people. Um, Tim, I was at work today. Normally, I need two cups of coffee. Today, I did not need that second cup. Because these trades were hitting my brain with a ton of dopamine. Uh, not even sure. You know, originally I was just excited about something happening. You know, you got to like parse through it. Are you just excited that something's happening? Or are these actually good trades? And I've came to the conclusion that they are good trades. Both of them. Both of them are good trades for the Charlotte Hornets. I am super excited. We have an entirely new roster. Let's get into the details. Gordon Hayward for Trey Mann. Vasilyev Micic and Davis Bertans and two second round picks, which Mitch Kupchak loves. We'll see if he'll still be around to cash those in. Um, and PJ Washington for Grant Williams, Seth Curry, and a top two protected, only a top two protected 2027 first round pick. 
Which one of these do you like more? I think we like both of them, but which one of them do you like more? Um, it, well, this cop-out answer. In the short term, pretty excited to watch Trey Mann. Um, pretty excited for Gordon Hayward not to be on the team. But long-term, that 2027 top two protected pick, that is the year that Luka hits free agency. He might not be on the Mavs. And I hate to become one of those people, but um, suddenly I'm now in the business of rooting against Maverick success. But um, I'm pumped, man. Like our team, I think that we will, we are like better on the court. We are so much more watchable, man. We have shooting. Mark, have you heard of it? Yeah. Um, now, to be fair, we weren't like the worst shooting team in the league before this trade. Um, but we did get even more shooting. And the big problem with this Hornets team, as we've lamented, is that we had zero depth. We did, I did an Instagram post the other day uh, that you pointed out. A Twitter account posted like the eight advanced statistics and the average of these eight all NBA players that have played more than 400 minutes uh, were listed on this tweet. And the Hornets had four players in the bottom 10. Um, We have just some terrible players playing serious minutes. Sorry, JT Thor, Leaky Black, uh, Bryce McGowan's, who am I forgetting? Um, Yeah, sorry, all of you, but, but it's not been going well. And the... The Hornets now have actual players. We traded two players for five. Um, and all five of them are like better than the worst player on the Hornets. Ish Smith is who I forgot. Oh, that's it. Yes. Um, for baseball fans, you're familiar with the Mendoza line. Uh, we've created the Ish Smith line where going through players like, oh, well, that guy kind of sucks. It's like, is he better than Ish Smith? Oh, yeah, he is. <laughs> so, I mean, as long as you're literally not the worst player in the NBA getting rotation minutes, it's an upgrade. Um, some have said, I've got some text today, pretty much saying that uh, Trey Mann is the prince who was promised. That's who Book Knight should have been. And you know what? If he turns out to be just an adequate shooting guard, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, and you texted me earlier, like, I'm not sure that this team got any better, but I think we're way more watchable. Um, I think we did get better. I think we got a lot better. Gordon Hayward just wasn't playing, so you can completely take him out of the equation. P.J. Washington was playing, but turning the ball over every two seconds. I I think there's an argument to be made that Grant Williams in a vacuum is just better than P.J. Washington. We can talk more about um, the fact that I dislike Grant Williams with a passion later. Um, But in a vacuum, I think that they're like pretty comparable players. And then we got a first round pick and Seth Curry out of it as well. Um, Michich, I mean, I'm just all over the place right now, but Michich, you're a league MVP there was like a ton of buzz about him coming to the Thunder this year. He was drafted in 2014, but continued to play overseas and just has been dominated in the Euro League. Uh, he has not been very good for OKC this year. He shot like 24% from three. However, there is some promising upside there for a 30-year-old player. Um, Davis Bertans is completely washed. He's not going to play a single, like uh, more more than the end of this season for us. I think um, he has a five million, five point two five million guaranteed contract next year. So for people thinking that we're taking on his bad contract, we are not. Um, he's sixteen million next year, but only five of it is guaranteed with the option to terminate that contract early and just pay out the five million. So, um, man, overall, just like resounding successful day. Um, I would have liked to see maybe a couple more players traded, but resounding successful day. And we're not going to have to watch that crop of players that have just been putting up zero points in 15 minutes 
over and over and over again. We're not going to have to watch them nearly as much for the rest of the season. Play inbound, baby. Woo! Woo! Um, yeah, man, this is kind of, you know, I mean, it started like, you know, it was clear once Terry was out the door, but uh, this is kind of the end of the Cubcheck era done by Cubcheck. You know, he was the one that signed Gordy. He was the one that drafted PJ. And, I mean, really, I kind of liked the returns. Um, I don't know what people were expecting for Gordon Hayward, but I would say this is about as good as you could expect. Um, there was even talks of, like, a buyout. And PJ Washington, there was a lot of conversation this summer. Like, you know, will he go to Dallas? You know, who would you rather have, Grant Williams or PJ Washington? And, well, now it's been answered. Uh, PJ Washington is approximately approximately a lightly protected first round pick better than grant williams um yeah not a huge fan of grant williams game now i'm all over the place um but i mean for this season who really cares um contract i think he signed a four-year deal so we have three more after this um yeah man i just i just want to see the team play a little bit um yeah. just wants guards just was tired just couldn't do the ishmith deal anymore and now we do have we, we have too many guards on the roster, um, you know, between Frankie Smokes, Ish Smith, NSJ, um, Trey Mann, Cody Martin, Lamelo Ball, and Brandon Miller, Mijic, Bryce McGowan's. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I mean, I would, I would think that Frankie Smokes will probably, probably get you know the short end of the stick. But um, yeah, man, I'm really excited for this team. I was like a big Trey Young guy or Trey Young, Trey Mann guy um coming out of the draft and you know i mean he just wasn't good enough to play on the thunder that's fair he's good enough to play on the hornets and he will provide some spacing um this team is desperately in need of shooting um even though as you said you know we're not the worst three-point shooting team in the league it really feels like we are when we have ishmith nick richards jt thor leaky black out on the court it's like man you just need a little bit of spacing so that Brandon Miller does not get a hard double every time he does a pick and roll. Well, um, yeah, let's focus in on the Gordon Hayward trade. So you're talking a lot about Trey Mann. Um, and we can come back to the BJ Washington trade later. Trey Mann in his rookie season averaged 10 points per game. And that has just progressively gone down 7.7 last year, this year, four points. Mostly due to Thunder success. Like this year from an analytical standpoint, he is doing fine in his limited nine minutes per game in 13 games. He He's shooting 42% from three, 50% from the field. However, that's like an extremely small sample size. For his career, he's a 34% three-point shooter, and he's only at 40% from the field. So not exactly a super efficient player, but he's still young. He's 22 years old. Um, and I think you're like, this is what Book Knight should have been. Comment is a little bit far-fetched because of, what book night should have been, I think is still better than what Trey man is. Um, but there's some potential there and he hasn't gotten the full run. Uh, then maybe his play would earn him on a team like the Hornets last year, only 17 minutes per game. Uh, the thunder were good last year. They're even better this year. So he's just not getting a lot of playing time. And the fact is, is like, it's just exciting. It's just exciting to have a new young player on the team. Um, this isn't Teo Maladon. He's better than Teo Maladon. We've seen him put up 20 points against the Hornets uh, before. And yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do. You're you're honing in on him yep. as, as the most valuable asset in this trade. Is he not? I'm just saying. A little Michich buzz, brother. 
Let's get a little Mitch <laughs> buzz going. All right. Uh, has some, uh, he has some uh, Milos Teodoncic, uh feel to him. If you remember him from the Clippers like six years ago, where he came over and he was like 31, was, you know, great, you know, one of the best passing guards in the EuroLeague. And it's like, I think that he's going to be like a very adequate backup point guard. And again, you know, he's 30 years old now. We have him until, you know, for the next two years. Like, I think he's going to be good. I, I think that Trey Mann definitely has a higher upside, though. Not that either one is going to be like, you know, a starting point guard or shooting guard or anything. But, yeah, but I think Trey's got some juice. Dude, the Trey Michich bench, bench lineups, I can already see those being like plus 10 on off, dude. Um, All right. No, but but Michich, who do you think is a better passer, Michich or LaMelo? Oh, come on. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. all right let me let me just ride this wave a little bit longer i'm just kidding but yeah his EuroLeague highlights are super fun to watch everybody should go check them out i don't They're... think that he's gonna translate into the nba quite as well as some other players have uh and he has not been very good for oklahoma city this year but he is kind of the reverse lamello where in EuroLeague they shot look pretty good he was shooting i believe 36 percent and then he came to the league and he's shooting like 25 percent now where LaMelo was at like 24% and then bumped up to 36. So, yeah. hey, maybe the Hornets got the juice. Yeah, maybe maybe the Hornets is where uh, people gain, you know, 12 points on their three-point percentage. Um, yeah, no, he, he's a super accomplished player. And also, I'll say it again, like, Oklahoma City getting him was like a big deal in NBA nerd circles this summer. Like, the amount of times I heard his name brought up and I was like, who the hell is that? Uh, was like 17 before I finally Googled him. Um, and he was supposed to be way better than he's been. Like, there was definitely some buzz surrounding him. And he's on a contract that was, <laughs> was he making like $8 million a year. Like, like he kind of kind of uh, yeah. has to be a he's little He's like a rookie deal. Yeah, it's like he waited long enough to actually cash in. Um, and same with the guy from the, uh, the Kings. Remember how much talk there was where it's like, yeah, the Kings are due for some regression, but – they got that EuroLeague MVP. And it's like, I don't think I've heard his name since then, but I did hear it in every podcast for two and a half months during the summer. Yep, yep. Um, okay, and then there's Davis Bertans to talk about. Um, and he has not been good since 2020. Um, he was a lights-out shooter for a very brief moment in time. Tim, uh, <laughs> tell, tell the people what, a little bit more about Davis Bertans and his highs. Davis Perton's contract year in 2020 was so amazing and so shocking. It literally sent the world into a pandemic. <laughs> that is the type of power we harness on our bench. And <laughs> I'm very ready to be excited for Davis Perton's for about a quarter and a half and then be like, wow, this guy really fucking sucks. <laughs> but man, what a quarter and a half it's going to be. I'm not expecting anything, but this is just kind of found change. That one game where he has seven threes against, you know, the Hawks in March is going to be so awesome. It's going to yeah. be so fun. But, man, you know, I, I, like, I, I like Leaky Black. I root for the guy. I wish him all the success. But, man, he did, like, a dribble handoff to Miles Bridges last night when Miles Bridges was posting up. It's like he is so afraid to even, like, throw the ball towards the basket. He has, like, handoff. Just the shooting, man. It's like even like we're gonna we're gonna be a top or a bottom five team the entire year. Let's just have some fun with it, man. Get Bertons out there. Let him hey, let him shoot eight threes a game. Get Trey Mann. 
five pick and roll opportunities. Let's do it. He's shooting 42% on threes this season. Woo! Granted, on <laughs> on like, like 25 shots. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I can run through his stats. So that 1920 year, the COVID season, he shot 42.5% from three. The next year, he shot 39.5% from three. The next year, he shot 33% from three. He has gotten worse and worse and worse. And his field goal percentage in 21-22 was 36%, which is awful. And he hasn't. He, he, yeah. he only shot like eight two-pointers that year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Um, and he hasn't really gotten a shot uh, at real minutes since his two years in Washington where he was like decent. Um, like the 2021 season, the year after when he got his contract, he was also like decent. Um, but ever since then, he's been sort of, sort of pretty bad. Um, he will get minutes for us though. He will, he will get minutes because he is better. What's that line called, Tim? <laughs> it is the Mendoza slash Ish Smith line of competence. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Ish. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting tired of the airballed, uh, mid range jumpers. Um, not to mention, man, 24, 25 second round picks. Don't sleep on those. You know, they could turn into JT Thor. Um, but they also could turn it to <laughs> Cody Martin, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. So, and I had another blast in the past when you were describing um, Trey Mann stats. I'm sure that Devontae Graham is somewhere in San Antonio being like, I could fucking do that. <laughs> it's like, I could, I could definitely shoot 40% from two if that's what you need. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's – let's go back to, like, the Gordon Hayward piece of this. This is a guy who wasn't playing for us. Um, sort of a questionable calf strain injury. Like maybe it was actually hurt for a while. Um, but I mean, if I had to bet, I would say that he could have played the past few games um, and he would be playing if we were uh, not 10 and 40. Um, and it was just time. It was time to move on from Gordon Hayward. It probably was time to move on from Gordon Hayward last year, but at least we did it. Like, the we're scarred from just like letting players walk like Malik Monk. Um, we let Kelly Oubre Jr. walk. We let who else walk? I'm blanking. Um, Kemba. Kemba, Kemba, like you know, it was a sign and trade, yeah. but there was more value during the season. Yeah, that's kind of a cup check special, just like, oh, let's just wait around. Yeah, and that was that was not the move with Gordon Hayward. He's too old to like wait until the um, off season and like maybe resign him. I mean, if we had resigned him, it would have been like, if it was for like a very small contract, I would have been happy with it or fine with it. But like, yeah, what are we doing? Um, so it's very good that we, that we actually made a move and actually got some value for him. It honestly, like, like take away the second round picks. Would you still do this? Yeah, dude. <laughs> I would do it just straight up for Trey Man if the salary matters. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I was just kind of done with the Gordy thing. It seemed like Gordy was kind of done with it as well. It's like, I know that the alternative is Leaky Black for that position, but let's just let's just be done with it. Yeah, rip it, it day. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if the alternative is let him walk for nothing, I'm taking Mijic for for Gordon Hayward straight up. And we got like, we, we got five things. It is kind of remarkable, right? Like, I mean, yeah, man, there was like buyout talk last week. Yeah, ex exactly. Exactly. And I mean, from the thunder perspective, they're trying to win now. And that's awesome for us. Like 
excellent job, Mitch Kupchak. I'm going to give it up for him because, um, I mean, like the only negative asset in this is Davies Bertans and, and maybe Micic if he sucks. Um, and everything else is just like positives. And Bertans is only like a very small negative. It's $5 million. Like we can, we can eat that. It's nothing. Um, they got that rolling. Yeah, that's, like that's not going to be like, yeah, that's not going to be like a biannual exception where it's like, oh man, we could have really signed the perfect six man if not for that $5.25 million. It's like, nah, man, that shit's going to be sitting there either way. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So yeah, prop, props to Mitch. Um, I think there's a little, uh, a little uh, keep Mitch around buzz after today, Tim. What do you think about that? No, did you uh, did you read uh, John Hollinger's article? No, no, I haven't read it yet. Which is, it's I think it was just oddly phrased, but he was like, the league whispers are to look for Charlotte to clean house post All Star break, mm. which or not post our uh, post trade deadline, which really just doesn't make any sense. It's like if you were firing someone and be like, hey man. Can you handle our biggest accounts? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, let's do this. So like I assume that that just means like after the season. And I'm kind of getting the vibes from it from Clifford in his post-game conferences, where he's just like, Yep, yeah, this team's just not very good. They don't really care <laughs> about defense. Yeah, a lot of guys can score 20 a game. There's 15 in the league that just don't impact winning. And so it's kind of cool to just watch him. Just, I mean, he's not openly roasting the team, but he's clearly like, I'm not, I'm not going to be here next year. I'll do it, and I'm sure Cup has the same thing. But you know what? Let's give it up to Cup Jack. This is um, a great move. This is a great move. That's that's what I was trying to get at. I wasn't really suggesting that he's actually going to stick around. It was more of like, uh, great job in your in your curtain call. I I appreciate it, Mitch. I appreciate the this this move in particular, and. Uh, we should say Gordon Hayward was a good basketball player for the Charlotte Hornets. He was good when he played. Um, he just was far often too injured, and the contract was horrible. Um, I don't think it had such a negative impact on us. Like, I think if our draft picks would have hit, like, Gordon Hayward's contract was not the thing holding back the Charlotte Hornets these past couple of years. But it was, without a doubt, a bad contract. And his time, his time in Charlotte was up. Um, it was, and you could, you could just see the writing on the wall that he was not going to be with the team. So get, again, getting these assets is, it's remarkable. Um, yeah, it, it was also one of those things where it was kind of clear as soon as it was signed. It's like this kind of, I don't know, like to a rational person, I feel like this was exactly what you were going to get. It's like, okay, he played 45% of the games. It's like, we were good when he played. We weren't like that good. And it's like, yeah, like, so he provided some leadership, hypothetically. And it's like, yeah, like, you know, we went on winning streaks when he was there. But he was just never really around. And um, you know, bring up the book night pick. If we didn't if we didn't sign Gordon Hayward, we would have been in position to draft Franz Wagner or Kaminga. Granted, we probably wouldn't have done that. And we still would have taken Kaminga or Kai Jones at that point. But it's like, it was just a, it wasn't Hayward's fault. It was just a bad signing right from the jump. And to get out of a bad signing, even after three and a half painful years, to get, you know, Trey Mann, who was like the 19th pick in that draft, your league MVP, two second round picks, like, it's okay. It's like, he'll get, I guess we'll get a tribute video when he le- or when he comes back. But yeah, definitely not going to be telling my grandkids or nephews about uh, Gordon Hayward's time in Charlotte. No. Um, 
And yeah, I think it's important to note that like our disdain for him is not necessarily his play. It's the fact that it was a bad contract from day one. And like we said at the time, it's going to make us get worse picks. And look, it did make us get worse picks. So um, yeah, it's, it's the start of a new era. Um, and that new era also does not include PJ Washington, um, who last night against the uh, Raptors was pretty horrible. Um, <laughs> Lost this the game. Not not a great note. Great note for PJ to leave on. Uh, and we got Grant Williams for him. As I said earlier, I think in a vacuum, there's like an argument to be made that Grant Williams is just better than PJ Washington. He's a better shooter. He's been on better teams. So he hasn't gotten the opportunity that PJ Washington has had. And if you look at the counting stats, PJ beats him out by like a wide margin. But but Grant Williams has been on the Celtics and the Mavericks, uh, two very good teams. So there, I think there's an argument to be made that Grant Williams is a better basketball player. Um, they're they're pretty comparable in like their playing styles. We also got Seth Curry, the Charlottean, a little reunion. I was at the sauna at the uh, Harris Y last night, and this old guy was talking about how Seth used to come to the Harris uh, and put up put up shots, and people liked Seth more than Steph because Seth would actually dunk, um, and Steph would that shoot was, threes. That was that's a throwback. That was definitely a discussion. When I used to hang out at the Harris Y, it's like, yeah, man, you know, Sammy's all right. Seth, he's going to Duke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this this guy was like, Steph to this day is still the best shooter I've ever seen. And I was like, that is the dumbest thing anybody's ever said. Like, yeah, he's the best shooter you've ever seen. He's the best shooter ever in the world. <laughs> he was literally <laughs> saying, but I like Steph, Seth more because he could dunk. <laughs> You know what? That's cool, man. That is that is totally just you know like '90s dad brain. It's like, yeah, man, he could touch rim. <laughs> uh, anyways, we also got this 2027 first round pick, and like you said earlier, like apparently PJ Washington is a first round pick better than Grant Williams. Uh, I didn't realize that, and a first round pick and Seth Curry better than Grant Williams. I didn't I didn't realize that that's uh, the math that, that worked out here. I think I think the Mavericks are making a mistake. <laughs> like that, like I, that is I, what it is. The Mavericks have invested so heavily in center since they got Luca. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you you pointed it out earlier that this 2027 first round pick, I should mention that we also have the Heat 2027 first round pick now, um, is potentially gonna be pretty valuable. Like if Luca decides he doesn't want to play in Dallas anymore, which that is four years from now, three or no, not four years from now, two years from now. Uh, you know, that pick could be really good. Really, really good. Could be the third pick in the draft, Tim. Here's um, something I just thought about, and um, sure it would not be legal, but um, if someone trades a pick, you know, like six years down the line, and like they know they're probably not going to be there for it, I think they should do a ceremonial thing. Fucking bring Mitch back. Bring Mitch back in 2027 after he's been retired for three years and be like, hey, can you make this pick? <laughs> like the same guy that traded Otis Thorpe that ended up becoming the pick that could have been LeBron James. It's like, let's bring the old GM back. Like, let's yeah. just give him a wheel. Yeah. Um, okay. So the the PJ Washington component of this, I I'm trying to be as nice as I can about nah, this. Nah, just let it rip, dude. He he has just not been good for the entire year. Like earlier in the season when I, when we didn't have such a depleted roster, 
I was trying to figure out like why the team was so bad. And it was like, oh, PJ's numbers are down across the board. Um, he has not been very good this year. And the fact is, is that he's been asked to do like way too much. So it's not particularly fair for him, but he cannot dribble the ball. He can't really pass. He he should just be a three and D guy, but he shoots 32% from three. Um, he just hasn't been, he hasn't been an above average NBA player this season. That's, that's my opinion. Um, and I, you know, he, he hasn't had the chance to flourish in Charlotte. He had the chance when like the team was good and he was like the seventh or sixth best player on a team. But when he's like the third best player on a team, it's a problem. He's not been very good in that role. Um, I think he'll be way better in Dallas. I think he'll be way better in Dallas. And I think Grant Williams will probably end up looking similar to PJ Washington and Charlotte. Um, but yeah, I think it was time for him to go. Um, it was, it was pain, painful to watch these past couple weeks. PJ, PJ's Washington's play. I felt for him as well, where it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, I'm sure you hear everything that's said. It's like kind of where you're going. It's like, all right, you know, once we get rid of PJ, it'll be fine. Like definitely last night specifically, I felt that in him where he was just in his own head, but, um, yeah, man, I don't know. I kind of wonder how Hornets fans would feel about PJ Washington if he didn't have 27 in his first game. It's like if he just had like eight points and that just kind of became the story of his career, inconsistent, but you know, prone to flashes of yeah. looking like stud. And I am ready for, you know, game three of the first round where PJ does go six of seven from three. People are like, wow. I know they gave up a first-round pick, but P.J. Washington was worth every penny. Can't believe LaMelo just couldn't let him win. Yeah, And then he's going to go, you know, four of 30 for the next, you know, four games of that series. Um, I wish him the best. I enjoyed watching watching P.J. Washington. Had some good times. But, yeah, it was just, it was just time to, to run it. Also, Miles has been running – about I think it's uh sixty percent of his minutes at small forward this year. Just bring Miles back to the four. Just go small. I mean, who cares? Dude, our defense sucks, and this isn't gonna happen. But it's like put Bertans to five, put Miles to four. Let's at least just score a hundred ten points a game, which seems pretty attainable. And it's like well, our defense is gonna suck regardless. Let's just have fun these last thirty games. Yeah, it's a good point. Like. PJ at the four, Miles at the three is not is not really the solution. We need we need Miles to be playing the four again. Um, I was gonna say you said like PJ Washington's gonna go six of seven for Dallas. I could totally see that happening. I could see him having a twenty eight point outburst in in a playoff game. Uh, but guess what? Grant Williams has already done that. He did that in Game Seven against the Bucks, right? <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> Grant Williams is kind of a more established uh like playoff performer than I mean definitely more established playoff performer than PJ Washington. Um I, I just think they're like super comparable players and Grant Williams is a better shooter. Um and yeah I mean we can talk about it now. Grant Williams dude lies about being good at chess. Uh he said he was a what did he say he was a national champion? Yeah he said he, he, was a, he yeah he beat a national champion or yeah what he beat a grandmaster? No, he said he beat a national champion, and Ashley Shamity brought this up on a Hornets broadcast. For those of you who don't know, I am the 2017 North Carolina chess champion for the past 10, 10 years or whatever. I've been doing chess full-time. I recently stopped doing that. 
Uh, and I'm here to call Graham Williams out on his bullshit. That's not true at all. He's played in one chess tournament in his life. In that chess tournament, he had one draw and six losses. Six losses, Tim. I might be getting the facts wrong, but it was something like that. And uh, in that tournament, guess who Guess who came in second place? John. Me. I came in second place. <laughs> right? It was the state championship, like K through five, 2008. I can give you a link to it if you want. Grant Williams participated and came in almost last place. I came in second. That was his only chess tournament he ever played in. He has never beaten a national champion in chess. Can I read you a Grant Williams quote? from a GQ article about NBA players with chess. Yes. Don't, don't, don't piss me off too much on the podcast though. Uh, this is just, this is just grand. This is how I imagine you play basketball. He says, uh, Grant Williams power forward for the Dallas Mavericks credits, his court vision to chess quote. <laughs> I visualize everything on the court because of chess says Williams, a 1300, ELO chess player who grew up playing chess with his grandfather and attending chess tournaments. You know it says attending chess tournaments, not playing in them because he knew the big bad Bernanke Mark is breathing down his neck and it's not going to let him lie in interviews anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The national champion thing is really what pissed me off. Uh, 1300 ELO is below like the national like average on chess.com. Um, 1300 I, now is believable. Like that's completely believable that he's gotten better to that point. But at the time he was 100, um, in fifth grade, uh, which is like as low as humanly possible. I think that's enough Grant Williams chess talk, but yeah, dude's never, never been national or a national champion or been close to that level. So let's, let's go ahead and put that, put that to rest. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, Mark, uh, did, Mark 43% from corner threes in our 2018 you know, YMCA season. I, I attribute that to chess, chess vision. Exactly. Yeah. No. Nah. Um, yeah. And one, in one day I'm going to be an NFL player because of chess for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. This podcast is brought to you by allhornets.com, a credentialed Charlotte Hornets outlet powered by Sports Illustrated. Allhornets.com's aim is to bring you 360-degree coverage on all things Charlotte Hornets. From breaking news, rumors, fan Q&As, and in-depth analysis, allhornets.com covers it all. And nobody does it better. Seth Curry, um, I am excited to see him uh, in a Hornets jersey. And Dell is going to have a blast with this one. Um, and you know what? Uh, he hasn't been very good this year. He's been definitely on a downward trend over the past few years. Uh, what was it? What did he get caught with this summer? Uh, he didn't get caught with. He just took Posted a snapshot. A yeah, him. I believe drinking lean in his yeah. Nissan. And, uh, yeah, drinking lean, maybe smoking a bump, but I think I know for sure drinking lean. Yeah, so not a good look for Seth. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I've enjoyed watching him play over the years. Fantastic three point shooter. I mean, he could start for us tomorrow. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that's that's what I wanted to ask you. It's like, are we sure that Ish Smith is still not just going to play twenty minutes a game? I, I sure hope not. Uh, I would I would love to see Seth Curry play. Like we're ten and forty, dude. Let's just run it. Let's just have some fun. Um, I I mean I joked with Alex Ruby earlier, like a little starting lineup of Seth Curry, Trey Mann, Grant Williams, Vasilier, Mitchell, Davis, Bertans. Like I, I mean I don't know. <laughs> let's 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 see what they could do. Uh, we have we have an entirely new roster. It's crazy. Um, like 
people have to get dropped from the team, right? This is too many, too many. Yeah, dude, that's what I'm saying about Frankie Smokes. Like, I mean, realistically, it should be ish. It should be the first person dropped. Love the guy, but I mean, just reprehensibly bad. I mean, ish. Frankie Smokes. Those are the two locks. Yeah, to not get any playing time, in my opinion. But but you playing playing like 25 minutes, so we'll see. Yeah, it's like I can see the first game. It's like, oh, well, Ish Ish played 18 minutes, but that's because the new guys, you know, they're just getting used to the system. And then three weeks go by, and you're like, man, so Ish Smith still played 20 minutes, huh? Yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see. Curry hasn't touched the floor. I mean, I hope that's not the case. How quickly can you fly in uh, Michich, Man, and Bertons from uh, from OKC? <laughs> How quickly are they going to be in Charlotte? You think they're already here? <laughs> <laughs> I I hope so. I would. Yeah. I'll drive there to pick them up. Yeah, just <laughs> just don't want to have to watch Ish Smith anymore. Okay. Um. So the the result, like the big picture thing, is that we've made moves for the future. Grant Williams and PJ Washington are similar age, um, but we got a 2027 first round pick out of it. Seth Curry probably won't be on the team next year. Um, and then in the Gordon Hayward trade, Bertans probably won't be on the team next year. Trey Mann probably will. Um, Michich maybe will. Maybe will. Like, we're just going to have to wait and see on that one. Yeah, and- Michich might be a thing where, like, in the summer, it's like we might just trade him for, like, you know, a shitty $15 million salary like filler wise to fill up cap space and like pick up a late first or a second round pick, but yeah. Or maybe he'll thrive in like a more uh, prominent role like he had in Europe. Um, <laughs> I mean, dude, you just never know. <laughs> you never know. I mean, it's not like he got like an incredible run in OKC. I mean, do we, do we really know if his shooting has regressed? I don't think we do. Uh, you need, you need a larger this sample could be size. A, yeah. This could be like a little Rudy situation. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Uh, 24 and 25 second round picks. So we have made moves for the future. Um, acquired some young players. Don't get confused. Michich is not young. He's he's 30. Um, but he is kind of an unknown, which which makes him like young like. Um, and future assets. Let's talk about the things that we didn't do, Tim. Um, we did not trade Nick Richards. We did not trade Miles Bridges. And we did not trade Ish Smith. Which one do you want to start with? Um, well, I guess we didn't really have an option to trade Ish. That was a joke. That was a joke. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I would say no retirement homes were giving up anything. So lost on that end. Miles, I don't so this is a conflicting thing. I've been thinking about this. Where so we had a no trade clause because of taking up the qualifying offer. Um, and it's like, I feel like a week ago, there was a lot of talk of like, okay, yeah, we're going to trade him to Phoenix for three second round picks. Because it's like, it seems like he kind of, I don't, I don't know how he felt about it. Cause he is weirdly in control because of this odd contract situation. But like, did he really just tell the new owners like, Hey man, I'll drop 40 back to back, but I want to stay here. I just don't understand it. It seemed like he was checked out two weeks ago. Yeah. But now well, he's back in. All the signs with Miles is are that he wants to stay in Charlotte. Um, like, objectively, you would think that he would want to leave. Like, you know, okay, bad, like, 
history here um you know that he, it's time for him to move on kind of similar to like the pj washington situation but all of his communication points to like he actually wants to stay here um and but do do we think he just wants to stay here because we can offer him the biggest contract and he doesn't get bird rights with any other team yeah yeah that's part of it that's part of it for sure so if he gets if he got traded this at the deadline, he wouldn't have had his bird rights for any other team. So he wants to get more money. And that's why he's been scoring more. That's possible too. Um, but you remember like last week when Miles Bridges was on the injury report and then he said, I'm playing. Like, yeah. I do think he takes a lot of ownership for like this team. And he hates the fact that we're 10 and 40. Now that results in like him taking too many shots sometimes, but let's, let's not, let's not joke around. Like he's, he's been incredible the past two games, 40, 41 and 45 points. Um, and obviously good stats, bad team guy, right? But, but I mean, it's still 45 points in an NBA game. Like there's a moment where you, it's felt like he might get 50. Um, and I, removing his off court issues, like not trading him at the deadline was kind of the correct move. Like you should either sign him to like a small extension or sign and trade him in the off season when you can get more value, like if there wasn't a big offer for him, like a, only a few second round picks for fee- and go to Phoenix, like you should wait it out um, and see if you can get more for him. Yeah, I would, I would like to think, yeah, you know, we can offer like, you know, more, but it's like, if we end up like, you know, four years, 85 million for miles, like it's not the worst deal. It's and not the worst yeah, deal. Yeah. yeah, like miles is no one's favorite player anymore his off-court issues um i'd like to say he does not seem like someone i'd share a drink with um doesn't seem like the best guy but he is going to be a 26 year old you know hybrid small forward power forward who can get to the rim can shoot threes and can pass dribble shoots and it's like yeah you don't really trade that for nazi or little and three second round picks yeah, it's like be patient. Maybe a sign trade will come this summer. Maybe he will be, you know, the power forward of the future between Miles, Brandon, uh, Mark. So I don't know. It's like I I do think it was the right move though to just not trade for pennies on the dollar. Regarding I agree. The situation. I agree. Yeah, that's that's sort of the point that I was making is that like I was nervous about <clears throat> that being a move that we look back on and and like Miles Bridges is putting up numbers in Phoenix or wherever. And it's like, dang, we only got a couple second round picks for that. Just basketball production wise, he is he is valuable enough to wait out for like a better better offer. And I think the ideal situation is is a sign and trade this offseason. Um, there's also the fact that you just can't ignore that him and Lamelo are like super close. Um, so that's factoring into their decision making as well. Um, like there has there's some little element of appeasing Lamelo, right? I think that's a thing. So. Um, yeah, very, very complicated situation, but I think it's good that we didn't trade him for nothing. Would you give Miles Bridges an extra $2 million a year to make sure that LaMelo actually wears his ankle guards? <laughs> what a question. So four years. Uh, yeah, it's 80, an extra $8 million. Yeah. $93 million. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I would. And again, like before, before the, the, um, year last year where he didn't play we were talking about giving him way way more than that so man yeah four one twenty, no question that's what we were saying yeah now now i do think the number is more like 85 
Um, yeah, because he, he has not been as good this year. No. Like, he's definitely popped off the last two games, but he still, you know, is more reliant on jump shots. Can as easily get to the rim. His dunk percentage is down. You know, I think it's cut in half his uh, two-point percentage in the paint is down like 9%, uh, right at the rim is down like 8%. So there are like athletic decliners, but he can't shoot the ball. He can pass. He is good for certain things. Like he's not like, he's not Kent Bazemore. No, no, he's way better. I mean, Kent Bazemore can't put up 40 points in a game, even if you gave him, you know, nothing, nobody else around him. He still can't do that. Um, I will say also, also like with the makeup of the team, his playmaking has significantly gone down, but that's just a product of like the team being bad. I think um, yeah, it's mostly the lack of the lack of dunks and the lack of finishes at the rim. That's super noticeable. Couldn't agree more. Marky Mark. All right. Uh, let's move on. Why did the Hornets not make a move with, Bryce McGowan. I'm not, I, I, I can't do it. Uh, why did why do we not make a move with Nick Richards at the deadline, Tim? Um, I'm assuming because the other 29 teams in the NBA also have video coverage, and they're like, man, this guy's not good. Yeah. So I I listened to Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo briefly before uh, hopping on for this podcast, <laughs> and you're never gonna believe it, dude. But Bill Simmons is like, I like Nick Richards. Like, I think he could be good. And it's just like, yeah, you don't watch basketball. <laughs> like, you don't watch the Hornets. Yeah, Nick, Richards, Nick Richards is, um, we talked about this earlier. He could be like a second slash third center on a team, but I don't think you're getting much for him. And yeah, I don't really think there's like any super large benefit in trying to move him. I think he's going to remain on the team just because we don't have any other centers. Um, but yeah, he's not, he's not a starting level center. He's not really even like a quality backup, um, but he's, he's somewhere in that like backup to third backup range for sure. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see who the new coach is next year. Assuming it's not going to be Clifford, not going to pick up that team option. Um, but yeah, you know, we, so if Mark comes back and Mark is healthy, but then you kind of have to factor in like one more person, we have Najee coming over from Barcelona, who showed some flashes in summer league. And then, yeah, you can always pick up a backup center. So, I mean, if the market is better for Richards in July, then like move on from him. But I mean, if he ends up becoming a depth piece, it's not the worst thing in the world for 5 million a year. No, 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 it's not. Um, and I think that, I think that does it on the trade talk, Tim. Let's dive into why we made all these moves at the deadline. We're clearing the way, Tim. We cleared the way with Terry. We cleared the way with PJ. Cleared the way with Gordon. It's Brandon Miller time. It's the B-Mill show. I was at the Lakers game on Monday, and I have to say it was the most excited I have been about a Hornets game, maybe excluding the Celtics win earlier this season, watching that game. Uh, but it it was great to feel something again with this team. Brandon Miller scored eight points consecutively uh, for the Hornets in the fourth quarter. Uh, first, to start off with a steal against Austin Reeves, led to a breakaway dunk, and I was grabbing my friend Alex like, holy shit, did you see that? And then he comes down the court, hits a three in like two people's face, and next, now Alex is grabbing me, and he's not even a Hornets fan, and we're just going nuts. And then he does it again. He comes down and hits a three in somebody's face, Brandon Miller um, is the future of this team, Tim. I'm there. 
It's it's Lamelo and him one A one B in some order. He is a bona fide scorer. He is a bucket, um, and he's doing it efficiently. He's not doing it inefficiently. He can score from all three levels of the court. Everything else for me is still a question, like uh, passing, defense. He's shown decent defense, but like he's got to improve in all those other areas. But the scoring is real. He does resemble Paul George, um, and I think he's going to make an All Star game. Wow! All right, look at this. What a what a difference a week makes. Yes, uh, you're on the right path. You are. You are 70% of the way there. You just have to give it over to the Messiah that is Brandon Miller, man. It is time. It is so cool. This is like, I don't even know how to like describe how I'm feeling. Like we're texting during games and I'm just like, I feel like I'm a caveman. I'm just like, super star, super <laughs> star. Like, oh my God. Like, I've never seen anything like this from the Hornets, man. It's like, you know, we have signed big wings like Gordon Hayward. And, you know, I guess, like, further back, like, Glenn Rice, you know, in a trade for Lonzo Mourning. But now, man, it's like we are watching, like, this homegrown guy who was supposed to be, like, okay, he's going to be a starting-level player. Like, he was kind of pitched as, like, a, you know, uh, low-ceiling, high-floor guy. No, dude, he is cooking people in mid-range. And now he's started to, like, he's become so much more comfortable extending his range. Last night against the Raptors, I mean, Scotty Barnes was, like, face-guarding him from, you know, 30 feet away. And every time he gets the ball in a pick and roll, and again, part of this is due to the fact that it's Leaky Black, Nick Richards, Ish Smith on the floor. But it's like, man, they're sending hard doubles at him. Like it's the Cavs versus Warriors in the 2015 finals. And he's like starting to get that respect and he's playing off it. You know, he uh, did that great fake, um, fake pass for a wide open dunk yesterday. And people are afraid of the shot. And it's just, it's one of those things that everything is just starting to fall into place. And I know... We can play this clip back next year when we win 36 games. But it's like, man, right now it's like Miller is the way. I feel like I'm joining Scientology. I'm just like, man, why? Like, we have to follow this guy. He had his mic'd up yesterday. I normally think the mic'd up are super cheesy, but it's like, oh, he's just like affably running around the floor, like trying to block shots. It, you know, it the shoot around. And I'm just like, God, man, like if Brandon Miller told me to drive my car off a cliff, I'd be like, all right. Yeah. I assume you got me on insurance. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure what that has to do with anything, but uh, yeah. So here is numbers for the past six games, uh, averaging 27.7 points per game, uh, two and a half assists, four rebounds, 86% from the free throw line, 42% from three point range and 49% from the field in 37 40- minutes. He only has two turnovers per game. So he's also secure with the ball and Tim, yeah, he's just really good. This is the most excited I've been to watch the Hornets in forever. I didn't believe it when he had that, like, four 20-point game streak in a row because uh, he followed it up with, like, five and 12 points. Uh, but now I'm all in. Um, going to the game live again against the Lakers, that was, like, that was electric, man. That eight-point eight point stretch. And then we still lost, and it doesn't even matter. Like, me and my friend Alex were just driving home from that game. Like, wow, he is something. And then the very next day, I'm listening to national podcasts and they're talking about him. Um, and the Hornets, like, just finally, we have something to be excited about. And it's Brandon Miller. Scoot Henderson sucks, by the way. Uh, fuck your rookie. Scoot sucks. Brandon Miller is better. Um, everybody who thinks that Scoot is better somehow still, you were incorrect. 
uh, and time will tell. Yeah, time will tell, and time has told. That's all the time it took. No, Miller is better, and uh, since we're doing fuck your rookie, let's do Jame Jaquez as well. It's like, oh, cool, you get to be the fourth man on the Heat? Oh, isn't that so fun? Get your geriatric ass back there. No, it's Brandon <laughs> Miller. It's that. That's the number three rookie. And you know what? No, I'm lying. No, he's not going to surpass Wendy or Chet. But in other years, he would be the rookie of the year. He is fantastic. He is the truth. And, like, man, like, defensively, at least once a game, his length catches someone off guard. You know, he's had, like, back-to-back, pretty much just suffocating the ball handler and, like, giving him the ball, transition dunk. Uh, He had that great um, chase-down block yesterday, which is, like, some of the most insane timing I've ever seen. If people haven't seen it yet, I assume you have. But just look up, like, Brandon Miller block into three. Um, Fantastic from last night. That man, he is just, like, kind of putting it all together in a way, like, Lamelo, it was really fun his rookie year, and it was just like so much to piece together. Like, man, could he start to really finish the rim? Like, what is he in the half court? And it's like Brandon Miller is almost like a—I wouldn't call him a finished product because I think that he does have a lot of room to grow. But the boundaries of what he can be as like an impactful player are already set. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, sweet. It's like this guy is a knockdown shooter. Okay, this guy can get a mid-range shot out of isolation in six seconds. Okay, this guy can guard the opposing team's point guard if that's what we really need for a two-minute stretch. It's like it's just really hard to see him fail. Yeah, I mean, the failure would come with like him not being so hot from three. 42% if he goes back down to like 35%, it's a little bit of a different picture. But he's but... still getting up 10 a game at that point with people, you know, like hugged to his jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm right there with you, man. I think he's going to be really good. I think the thing that makes that made Lamelo special in his rookie year was his was his passing, not necessarily his scoring. But he is already like maybe the best scorer on the team. Miles Bridges is super hot recently. It's hard to say that, but he's he's one or two um, in 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 best scorer on the team. Now that we don't have Terry, we don't have Gordon Hayward, et cetera, et cetera. He is. He's bonafide bucket, dude. He he gets buckets. Um, I'm super super excited, super excited to watch him uh, continue to develop. And the thing that I want to see from him is just to continue to shoot more. Um, and also, yeah, he could he could throw some better passes. He he does definitely get wild tunnel vision, or he throws too much mustard on the pass. He definitely whips those things in tight corners. Um, I do have to get up for Gordon Hayward once again. To join a team that's somewhat on the cusp and he can be the point, the piece to take it over. And just like what happened with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, it's like, ah, oh, I go to a new situation. And there's another young wing that usurps anything that I have to do with this team. <laughs> like, if I was OKC, I'd be like, man, I cannot believe that we're going to have a small forward come and kick Gordon Hayward's ass. It's like, that is just like his career. Yeah, you that just sucks. get dominated by young young wings, man. Tough break. Yeah, I think he. I think he's going to be decent in OKC if he doesn't get hurt. I think it's a decent move for like both teams. Um, but I'll say that I think OKC is cashing their chips in too early, and I think Dallas is pretty stupid. Um, I, I can't. I can't really believe the luck we had today, man. Isn't it wild that we're this excited about a team that has lost nine games in a row and is ten and 20 percent win percentage? Well, Mark, that's the beauty of it. The future is now. Everything starts now. The bright future, everything, horns, baby. Yep, everything that happened before this wiped away. That's the thing of the past. It's a relic. Who's even heard of it? Nah, man, the future is now. 
and the Hornets. We're going to be a great watch the rest of the year. We're going to have a top five pick. And Brandon Miller is probably going to be an all-star next year. Um, I was going to say this as a joke like last night, but now I think it might actually be true. Like league pass team, Hornets? Dude, league pass team next year, yeah. If we get like another like standout wing and we just get like normal health, like, you know, there will be some injuries, but just like league average health. Yeah, dude, we are cooking again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that uh, Lamelo, uh, Trey Mann, Brandon Miller, Miles Bridges, Mark Williams lineup. Not going to lie. Yeah, it's going to be plus 13 per 100 possessions next cool. November. All right, what do you have for media corner, Tim? Um, based on Mitch Kupchak's actions today, I have a little film called Do the Right Thing by Spike Lee. The best American film made in the last 50 years. And um, yeah, it's it's a it's a tough but really rewarding watch. Check it out. I'm gonna go with Caitlin Clark highlights on uh, YouTube. Uh, Caitlin Clark, number one in women's college basketball in points per game, also number one in assists per game. That is very very hard to do. Uh, both of those at the same time. She's amazing. Um, I think that like there has just never been a more impressive women's basketball player. Pulls up from the logo, but it's it's not just the shooting, it's the vision. Like, she has some insane passes. She finds somebody coming to the basket, like, so quickly and just whips the pass to them. Like, all of her teammates have just been trained to be ready for the ball at any time. Um, and she is the equivalent of, like, James Harden, Luka Doncic in women's basketball, except, like, more impressive. She she does literally everything for that offense. I, I don't know what her usage rate is, but I wouldn't be shocked if it's, like, 50%. She's incredible. Um, and she's having an amazing season. She's going to break the all-time women's basketball scoring record. Um, and yeah, go watch some Caitlin Clark highlights on YouTube. I don't even have a specific one. I just spent like an hour watching her highlights last night. And I was just like, damn, this, this girl's incredible. It happens every year for the past few years. Yeah, she has like the cool spontaneity of the Steph game-breaking four-minute moments. And then she also just has the like drag you down dumb efficiency of the heliocentric style those yeah. guys she's kind of the best of both worlds man yeah she rocks and she also does pass the isthmus scale for those wondering <laughs> are you saying are you saying we should draft her second round pick dude that'd be fucking sick i would fucking send a second round pick to the WNBA right now in like 10 million dollars and be like let her run point for the I next bet you did. yeah two months yeah why not um word okay i also want to clarify we don't think scoot henderson and jaime Jaquez actually suck they just suck way more than no i think i think scoot henderson sucks okay (laughs) okay okay okay. hold that against me there's no upside to that take but yeah okay i like it i like it uh but yeah that's our that's our favorite segment it's coming back baby I, i i mean we might get up to victor level by the end of the year we had carson ask like how many points would brandon miller have to average to get rookie of the year I'm just going to tell everybody it's, it's just not going to happen, but like, what's the number? I think if he, if he somehow brought his average up to like 27 a game. Yeah. It's like impossible, like but 60% yeah. percent shooting. But yeah, I mean, that would, that would pretty much mean that he averages like 30 a game on like hardened level efficiency. If he averages 30 a game for the rest of the season, I think he has a chance. I think he has a chance. At the very least he would, I would assume he would finish second. That would be such a brutal beat. 
for us if it's like, oh yeah, yeah, and the uh, Hornets they won fourteen games. Yeah, he's third, third in rookie of the year, even though he put up thirty a game. The problem is, is that Victor's averaging a literal double double. So, like, and he's averaging more points than Brandon Miller. So he's gonna have to pass Victor in points <laughs> by like a lot, <laughs> like like five <laughs> points per game. You don't think that he'll get up to that like two point seven blocks per game in twenty six minutes? No, no, yeah. I don't foresee that happening. But if he was in Lamelo's class, he would be the rookie of the year favorite. Oh man! Without been... without Lamelo, without Lamelo. Oh okay. I think maybe even with Lamelo. Well, but they're averaging similar like points per game, and Lamelo has the passing. For now. <laughs> I, I meant it's points per game, not passing. Just to be clear. Oh, s- similar points per game. Yeah, Brandon Miller is going to be a better scorer. Um, I think. I think that's. I... I think that's um, maybe maybe clear now. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not at the point where I'm ready to say he's going to be a better player than Lamelo because of because of Lamelo's incredible passing ability. But I am at the point now when Lamelo takes one of those deep threes that hits the side of the rim. I am going to be like, should have passed to Brandon. All right, it's been real liquor, Mark. Be safe out there. Peace, brother. Hey. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild.